make connections, talk to people, do what you can to find your way out of the rut and then get to where you want to be. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Madison Irvin is in the driver's seat today. She has done exhaust work on supercars and currently is a welder fabricator for an independent classic car restoration shop. For fun, her and her boyfriend race SCCA Rallycross. During the interview, we do some shop talk and dive into some challenges she had to overcome in order to follow her heart's desire. Enjoy the show, Femcanics. Today, I have Madison with me. Madison, thanks for joining the Femcanic community. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on here. How are you? I'm doing well. And I tell you what, we give a little background. Madison and I actually met at the WIN conference, uh, what is it, two, three weeks ago now. It was kind of on a whim. One of the other women said, hey, there's two girls over there. I think I think they're from Girls Behind the Gun and... I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm familiar with them. So I pinged um, Connie because you guys were there together. And we ended up running into each other. And we ended up hanging out that evening, hit it off right away, and saw some things that are burned into my retinas (laughs) for life. Um, That was awesome. That was. You know what? We should just share with the listeners the hell with it. So... (laughs) I'm going to mark this podcast explicit because we're going to keep it real with all of the Femcanic listeners. We met, we, <laughs> my, it was me, then Connie, then Madison. Uh, we were sitting on chase lounges and we were looking ahead of us outside. It was dark out and there was like ta- kind of like the, it was the hotel and it was kind of two towers in the hotel. And we're looking right at the side of uh, uh, the hotel. You can see the windows, right, Madison? <laughs> yes, you can very clearly see into because, the room. Yes, it was dark out, so when lights are on in a home or a, a hotel and it's dark out, you can see inside clear as day. Well, there was a couple that decided to leave their sliding door open and their curtains open, and the three of us are sitting there, and all of a sudden it got quiet. And then at the same time, Madison and I, both of us, literally smacked Connie in her shoulder <laughs> and said, do you guys see that? And we both said it. And Madison, what did we see? Oh, we saw a couple that was, they were just doing their business, right? They were in having the sex. Yes, they, they were. were. Yeah, <laughs> they were doing it and having a great time. And, and little old Connie with the, with the, Big voice started being like, woo, get up. Encouraging. Yep. Yes. And uh, it startled them. And next thing you know, they're trying to close the curtains and everything. But uh, I think they ended up settling into what had just happened because later they came out on the deck, smoked their cigarette, and waved to us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which was interesting. That was actually a first for me. And that's not the reaction that I expected from them. So. No, well, it it was a first for me, my friend. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I would Although I don't like, really know what I expected. So I, me neither. I just, it's one of those things like that's the type of stuff that happens in movies. Like I, I just, yeah. I was kind of in shock. Like, is this, like I caught myself staring just to make sure, am I really seeing this right? Like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so yes, burned into our retinas. So, uh, if there's any uh, group of ladies I'd, I'd love to enjoy a good laugh with, the, the two of you are great company to enjoy that with. So. Yes, yes. That was definitely a good first real bonding moment for the three of us, I think. <laughs> wow, that was something else. But uh, yeah, definitely labeling this one explicit. <clears throat> Parents, <laughs> maybe I should have told you to shut it off for a minute. Uh, but <laughs> now that I'm completely derailing this, just like in the little pre-snippet here, we were talking about this fabulous uh, place that I do my podcast in, but maybe we'll show that another time. Let's talk about you, Madison, and you have an amazing story. Um, in, I don't believe you've done a podcast before, so I thank you very much for trusting me and, and sitting down with me to do this podcast and share your story with the community. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And I think it's important. It's important for people to hear um, all different types of stories because somehow someone's going to relate and think that, you know, that was me or that's happened to me. And I just really don't want people to get discouraged with things that could happen to them. So well said, my friend. So why don't we start in the beginning? Um, Right now you're in the automotive industry, but you didn't start off in the automotive industry. Correct. I actually went to Tulsa Welding School in Jacksonville. Um, But before that, I went to cosmetology school for a year while I was in high school. I wanted to enroll in the auto tech classes, but my counselor had told me that I shouldn't do that because that's not something that girls or women should do. And I would be more suited to do cosmetology. So I did that because in high school, you kind of think that, I don't know, your counselors have your best interest in mind or, you know, you kind of trust them because you don't know what you're doing. You're like 16 or 17. And so I did that. My can, mom can was looking. Quick question, Madison. Yeah. What? I mean, if you kind of put yourself back in your 16 year old self, what like, what were you feeling when they kind of read, when your counselor redirected you like that? Well, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a weird feeling because you kind of think, what do you mean I can't do this thing that I like to do? Like, why can't I do this? And so it was kind of a weird feeling, but I kind of just trusted the counselor and what they were saying, which I probably should have kind of stood my ground and said, no this is what I want to do. But I did cosmetology and it was fine. It, it kind of sucked to be honest with you, but I don't know. What would you tell your 16 uh, year old self knowing what you know now? I would have told myself to say, no, this is what I want to do and enroll in auto tech and take two years of auto tech and which was actually when I had actually uh, started at that school. So I would have only had two years left um, at that high school. So I would have told myself to just do that, learn as much as you can, and then not go into cosmetology because it's what the counselor wants. I need to be doing what I want to do. 
I, I want to make sure I understand you right. So you actually would have been able to go to this trade school while you were in high school. Am I um, yeah, so, that right? Yeah. So it was kind of a trade school program. So I would have gone to the trade, the trade classes instead of going to traditional high school classes, which is what I did with cosmetology. But I was going to the, the cosmetology college program while I was in high school. So it would have been the same thing for the auto tech program. You went ahead and pursued cosmetology and you completed your cosmetology degree. Is that right? I didn't actually complete it. So I did the first year of that and I was good at it. I thought that I was doing well in school. So my thoughts were, okay, I'm going to continue this because it's something that I've already learned some skills for. And when I graduate from high school, I'll just go to college for cosmetology while I'm trying to figure out what else I want to do. So I moved to Jacksonville, Florida with my mom to live with my mom to go to Paul Mitchell School. And they were taking a, like a really, really long time to enroll me. And it was getting to be November. And I had wanted to start school in August. And I don't know what was taking so long, but it was. Um, and then. I was laying on the couch watching TV with my mom. She was sitting in the chair beside me. And I actually saw a commercial for Tulsa Welding School. And I, I like this thing happened and I was so amazed with what was going on, which it wasn't really that amazing, but it was really cool because there was sparks and fire and things happening. So I was like, that is awesome. So I told my mom, I said, mom, I want to, I want to go check the school out. So we drove up there that day. We checked the school out and I enrolled in school like that, that day or the next day. And I started classes two weeks later. That was the kind of progression from cosmetology into the weld the start of the welding career. What kind of welding did you get into? I was trained there in structural welding so I started out doing stick welding and then I did MIG like flux core and overhead MIG and that's not very fun and then I got into TIG which I loved actually I that was my favorite class the whole time that I was doing that because it was a nine month school and the last few months was the the high frequency TIG welding and I fell in love with that but most of the welding that I was doing there was structural welding like pipe welding so welding six inch or 10 inch or 12 inch pipe can I ask a quick question and and I've asked this before but again there's new listeners popping on and listening to different um podcasts that we have can you explain the difference between MIG and TIG welding to the listeners so MIG welding is, it stands for metal inert gas, and it is, you have basically a, a welding gun, and you have a wire that comes out, and when you pull the trigger, the wire comes out, and when it hits the metal, it's arcing, basically, and then that's how you're welding. And then with TIG, you will either scratch start or use a foot pedal, and that's what's actually, like, you've got the tungsten in the uh, TIG torch. And when you scratch start or you press the foot pedal, that's what's actually making the arc. And then 
you're feeding wire in with your other hand. So MIG's kind of like the one-handed thing for the most part. And then TIG is the two-handed welding all the pretty weaves and things like that. Thanks for explaining that. No worries. I did the I did the full program there and I actually really I would go back to school right now because I enjoyed school so much. It was such a great school and the instructors were incredible. Um, they spent so much time. If you had any questions, you know, they just spent time with you explaining and working with you until you really got it. Which school really was that, Madison? Uh, it was Tulsa Welding School in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Florida. Florida. Just want to clarify. Okay. Yeah. So it was one of their, their main school is in Oklahoma, but it was just one of their branches. But that, it was just a great school and I would go back and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> How did you get into your first job, first welding job? So one of the guys that I was in school with, um, he was a friend of mine. We were kind of competitive going through the each phase because there's 10 phases. But he was dating a girl that had worked at a place called Rossian down here in Riviera Beach, Florida. And he kind of hooked me up with a job interview because the girl that he was dating, her dad was a photographer for that company. So I got in with them. They brought me on basically not really having experience in automotive welding. So I was starting out there doing um, control arms and intercooler piping and things like that. So you started off in automotive, but you actually went to schooling for structural welding, right? Yes. So I started in automotive. It's my first job. And I went from working at Rossian to working at Rentec Mercedes doing the exhaust work there, doing downpipes and X-pipes and headers and fun stuff like that. I really enjoyed working there. That was a great place to work. And I had a little bit of an issue with my direct weld manager there. He wasn't the greatest person to work for. And I don't think that he really liked that I was a female and I was getting better at my job as I was going along because I think that he felt a little bit threatened maybe. Why do you but, think that is? I, I've heard that so much. Some men are like, no, that, that's, that's not it. And we don't feel threatened. And if it's not that, then what is it? I mean, did, do you have any thoughts around it? I don't really know. I don't really understand it. I don't. That's not something that makes sense to me because I feel like if I were a male, then he wouldn't have had a problem with me. It would have just been normal. Why do you think that? Because he didn't have a problem with the other men that worked with us. It uh -huh. was mostly just me. And actually, the weird part was that I worked with him at my first job. So he left there and went to Rentec and I fault I didn't follow him, but I left and went to Rentec after him, probably a couple months after him. So I think he one of the things that he had said to me was, I taught you what you know. And one of the things I said to him was, No, you did not. I went to school for this. School taught me what I know. So it wasn't 
I think he felt like he had this ownership over me. Maybe I don't know. I don't really know a good way to say it, but he kind of felt like what he, what I was, he had made me that way because I had worked with him at the other place. Not that you worked so hard. I, <laughs> right. No, that, that wasn't it at all. It wasn't me working hard or learning anything. It was just because of him that I, he actually said, he said, you're only where you are because of me. He, this guy was, he really was not a great person. Um, he was pretty aggressive sexually. And Wait, what do you mean by that? I don't, I don't want to make interpretations on what that means. Well, he would say things to me, say suggestive things to me and kind of he never, he never touched me, but it was always really inappropriate things that I was kind of like, really? Come on. You, and the weird thing. Can you give thing, an example, Madison? And, and, and if you don't want to, that's okay too. I, I just kind of want to dig in a little bit because I've heard this from multiple women. Part of this is figuring out, okay, what are the boundaries, right? Like the, the whole yeah. Me Too mo- movement and it's we're trying to figure out as women what is a boundary what is joking and what is no you've crossed the line and it and it's interesting the conversation just seems so mushy in in the sense of as a female i feel like we're clear but where it gets mushy in my opinion is for men then it can be Oh, well, I didn't mean it that way. Well, how do you, what? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, that's exactly what had happened was because he had said some things like he was making jokes about that he had wanted to have sex with me. And. Like literally saying that? Yes. Like not insinuating, but I want to have sex. Literally straight out of his mouth was those words. And, you know, I. I'm pretty laid back. I get being around guys. I hang out with guys all the time. I know how it is. I say things that are I, like, I don't know, like dude, like, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And he crossed the line and my line, it's, it's not an easy line to cross because I don't care that much. I know people joke and I know people say things like that, but it was just, he, he went like, he ran past the line. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? What did you tell anyone when he said that? Yes. He actually, I was supposed to be getting a really big raise and I mean, it wasn't huge, but it was, it was a good raise. I was supposed to be getting a good raise because I'd been at the company for a while and I kind of proven myself. I made him upset one day because he had asked me how long it was going to take me to finish an X pipe that I hadn't done before. And he got really mad at me because I said, I don't know. Cause I wasn't going to give him an unrealistic time and then him get upset with me that I wasn't done in time because I didn't know how long it was going to take me. So I said, I don't know how long this is going to take me. So I, I don't want to give you a time. Well, he got mad and he went and he told my boss that I didn't deserve the raise and that, um, I, I wasn't working hard and I was doing things wrong basically. I got upset and I went to my boss and I told him what happened. And I said, I, I can't work here anymore like this. I, I don't want to work under this guy. So I left. 
house. What did that, what that boss say? Anything? Yeah, he was, he, I really liked him. My, my boss at that job. Um, he was really, really cool guy. And he was upset by it. He was like, "I, I hate that this happened. I don't know. Part of me feels like maybe something should have been done to my, my direct manager, but he was also making them quite a bit of money. So not that that makes it right, but it was one of those things where I basically told him, I said, I can't, I can't work here like this. So let me, let me see if I understand this, right? You, you, well, let me ask this. When you shared it with him, did he try to protect him in any way or minimize your experience? No, absolutely not. And he actually talked to him and told him that that was unacceptable. And he called it sexual harassment, which I didn't. I said, I, I said, you know, he had told me some things that made me feel uncomfortable. Well, and he, I mean, looking amazing. back on it now, Madison, what, I mean, isn't that what sexual harassment is? It is. But I, I think that I didn't want to say that because I didn't, I didn't want to be that person, which sounds really weird to say. But like, I being so appreciate your honesty with that right now. I, I, I thoroughly do because that's what we need to do now. Now, looking back where you are at now, what would you tell yourself then? Well, to be honest with you about that, I really love where I'm at now. And I don't think I would be where I'm at now if things hadn't happened how they did. Right. But I probably would have told, I would tell myself to kind of fight for that a little harder to Mm -hmm. fight for that job a little bit more instead of just saying I'm leaving. I don't want to do this anymore because I shouldn't have, mm, I I shouldn't have needed to say that and say I'm leaving. I kind of feel like maybe it should have been a thing where the other guy should have left, but you did nothing wrong. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm like, I, I'm listening to a lot of women's stories. I'm sharing a lot of women's stories. And if there's one thing through the stories that I have listened to women, it is sexual harassment. If it is sexual harassment, and we need to start saying it and calling it that. And Madison, I understand what you're saying. It's like, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that woman, right? I, I just want to come in, do what I love to do, be recognized for being a badass at it. And that's it. Yeah, and, exactly. And the reality is, is not all women, but a lot of women don't get to do that. They have to bounce job to job. Not because they're they're incapable or not good enough at their job, but because of sexual harassment. And we, we need to stop minimizing it and call it what it is. And I mean men and women. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I wish that I would have been a little bit stronger about it, but... Like I said, it's it's hard to come into a job where you're the only female. Absolutely. You're afraid of getting blackballed and yeah. yeah, mocked and all kinds of stuff that 
sometimes I think it's hard for men to wrap their mind around what that's like. Honestly, I think the only population that can really relate to that is minorities. I agree with that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you come in battling uphill from day one. And I think if there's anyone that can, that experience, right? Yes. It's not the exact same experience, but that you're constantly from day one doing the uphill battle. And it's, yeah. it's, it's bullshit. It's very similar. It is. It, re- it really is. It sucks. I just say, and, and I want to give kudos to the men out there who don't do that. Are the females ally in the trade skills? Because there's some amazing mentors out there that yes. are guys, guys, and have the potty mouth, and but it, it they don't cross the line, and there is a line. Yeah, you know, You're right? And I my think boss right now is one of those. He's one of those people, and I'll probably end up talking more about him later. But by those people, just so listeners aren't confused, you mean one of the good guys, so to speak? Correct. Yes. Yeah. In in there can be joking. There, 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 men, there can be joking. There is distinct differences between men and women. Definitely. Let's, we can joke about that. But know the line. And and I think it's up to the women for us to help them understand the line and hold the ones accountable that cross it. Yes. But I, I really, a man isn't going to know what that line is. I almost feel like we have to teach them. Yes, I agree with that. And, and I feel like we let them off the hook. Sorry, I'm on a soapbox here. I've just heard so <laughs> many okay. of these stories, Madison. And and I've had so many great male mentors. And I hear these stories about just schmucks out there. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just insecure. They do it because they're insecure and threatened. And I agree with that. Yes. That's exactly the reason most of the time, which is not cool. Let me get it. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to okay. step down from the soapbox. I apologize, Madison. <laughs> but <laughs> y- you, were, you, were at, you were at that place. You left that place. Which, side note, I actually met my boyfriend there of five years today. Well, not today, but we've been Congratulations. But, um, yeah, I met him there and this guy that had been saying these things to me came up to him and was like, can you believe her? She's saying that I sexually harassed her. And Travis was like, well, if, if she said that, then obviously I'm going to believe what she says. So (laughs) he's trying to convince my boyfriend that I'm making things up about him when we all work together, which was interesting. Well, this is the other thing that blows me away about exactly what you're saying. Women get this rap around being catty, gossipy, right? Yes. Oftentimes. (laughs) But look at this situation. Who's being gossipy? Who's being catty about it? And you're trying to, in essence, drag your name through the mud because of something he did. Yes. Some of the men that I've worked with have been some of the biggest crybabies, the biggest gossipers. Um, you know, they're just, 
they have so much drama. But the shop that I work in right now, we have four women that work there. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, we have four women and three men, and there is so little drama. It's it's great. And if there is drama, it's from the men. Yeah. But we get the men that cause drama. So it's 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 really interesting how that kind of happens. I'm not saying all men are like that because there are a lot of men that aren't. I'm not saying filled. women aren't. What I'm saying oh, no. is drama is not gender related. No. <laughs> it's everywhere. It happens. Yeah. It's not specifically women. <laughs> no, no. But when you think of drama and the words catty and stuff like gossip, mm-hmm. people automatically think women and, and it's just not the case. Yeah, it's not. It's really not. It's interesting to me, too. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail that. No, no. Good conversation is good conversation, my friend. You were you left there. Then what happened? And I went and I worked construction for probably, I think it was about a half a year until I was laid off because there wasn't enough work. It was summertime and there wasn't, it was a... It was a road construction company. So I would be in a truck all day by myself going around with a welder and fuel and fueling machines early in the morning. And like I would probably start work around 5.30. I would go around and fuel all the machines before the crew got there. And then I would go to, if there were any broken buckets or anything like that, I would go and fix the machines. It just got to the point to where there wasn't any work and I was kind of just at the shop, not doing much. So I was laid off from that job. Then I went to a job shop where I did really enjoy that job. I've enjoyed most of my jobs. The only one that I didn't really enjoy was the construction one. Um, That one wasn't that great, but it was definitely good learning experience. I did learn a lot from that job but it wasn't quite the type of work that I wanted to be doing because my heart's always been with the automotive industry. Mm -hmm. So came back up here because when I was working construction, I was driving an hour and a half there to work. And then I was driving an hour and a half back home every day. So I started working back up around my home and I got a job at a job shop where we were basically building fencing and doing machining and repairs and mobile welding and structural. It was kind of, you know, whatever needed to be done, we did it. So that was really cool because we did a lot of really cool jobs. So we were working on yachts and we were working on high rises and then we would do the little repair jobs. So this one time this lady came in and she needed a centerpiece made for her grandson. She had bought a toilet paper holder and a basketball, like a mini basketball backboard. And she needed them all together for a centerpiece for her grandson's birthday. So I did that. That's that interesting. But yeah. Paper holder. <laughs> huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it was some, there were some interesting jobs that came into there. And I, I had I'm a trying lot of, to picture that. <laughs> like it was one of those stand up ones that sits on the floor. <laughs> and then, so I cut the top of it off. And then I attached this basketball backboard. Oh, so it wasn't leaving it as a toilet paper holder. Correct. (laughs) What message are you telling? Okay, I'm with you now, man. Right. So 
that was one of the more fun jobs that I did just because it was, it made her so happy just that it could be done. I actually got a call from my current boss and he had wanted me to come in for an interview. I wasn't exactly looking for another job, but I, I told my boss at the machine shop, I said, can we back up one Madison? I want to, so in, if, if it's okay with you, you'd mentioned something somewhere along the construction path that you were on that, that you were assaulted. Uh, yeah, that did Is it, happen. Can we explore, are you okay if we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It wasn't an, ex- it wasn't an extreme case of assault or anything, not that there's lesser or more, but right. um, it was kind of one of the things where there was this guy that worked on one of the crews and I try to be friendly with people, but not flirty, but I guess sometimes people take it as always being flirty if like a woman is being nice to them. I don't know. It's interesting, Madison, because I was sitting and eating dinner tonight and I was sharing with my partner and her mom because her mom's here from Puerto Rico. We're talking. I'm like, oh, I'm interviewing Madison tonight. I shared with my partner and her mom how there's just people that you meet. I just watched um, the Pokemon movie with my son and my partner. Mm-hmm. My son's eight, and Pikachu said, "I can feel it in my jellies." <laughs> so it's, it's a good analogy, right? You can, you yes, can, that gut feeling, right? That the thing. Yes. But I could feel it in my jellies or my gut that you're just a very kind person. When you meet people, you're kind to them. You look them in the eye. You listen attentively. You're kind. And that doesn't, to me, that doesn't translate into flirting. That's kindness. Mm -hmm. And part of the problem with this, like, I definitely try to be kind and pay attention to people when they're talking to me. And, you know, if people are nice to me, I try to be nice back to them. And part of this issue may have been that this gentleman was from Guatemala. And so maybe he was taking things differently than what I was trying to come across as, was, which was basically just a coworker friend type thing, which is what I was trying to do with everybody because I want to be friendly because I'm already sticking out as the only female in the whole entire jobs job site so I want to blend in even though that might not happen but one day I came up to him and he grabbed me in the back of my neck and around my waist and started pulling me towards him and when I was working down there I was working close to Miami so I always carried my handgun with me because I was alone. So I told him, I said, if you don't let go of me, then I'm, I'm going to have to take my handgun out. But this wasn't the exact way I said it. It was really like, there was a lot of adrenaline at this point, but I was like, I was like, please let go of me or this is going to escalate because this is not something needs to be happening. And his response was, well, I was just joking. And I was like, it's not a joke when you put your hands on me. That's not the joke. Part no. like that's not how that goes. No. I'm sorry, but that's not the joking part of it. Don't touch me. 
Don't grab me. Don't try to kiss me. Don't do any of that. He let go of me and he was apologizing. And I'm like, you know, it's not okay what you did. So I didn't tell him, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I didn't say that because it wasn't okay. But I said, don't do that again. (laughs) I told Travis, my boyfriend, and he was immediately really upset. Mm -hmm. You want me to come down there? I was like, no, it's handled. It's fine. I'm leaving the job site. I'm going to go talk to my boss about it and then we'll deal with it later whenever I talk to him and see what he says. So I went and I talked to my boss about it. It was kind of one of those things where he told me that I needed to wear something different than what I was wearing because maybe it was what I was wearing that was causing this issue. So it's, your, I'm, it's your fault that he put your hand, <laughs> his hands on you. Yeah. Yes. So let me tell you what I was wearing. Please. I, were, you wear, were you wearing a bikini? Yeah. Yes. A gown? Ga- <laughs> a, a dress? Yes. This was my everyday workwear. I wore. Wait, wait. Let me guess. You were wearing a cut off t shirt where your boobs were hanging out. Yes. Tied up, you know, like the. Yeah. Commercials and stuff. Please, please share with us what you actually were wearing. So I was wearing my steel toe boots. I was wearing long jeans that went all the way down to the floor. Um, I was wearing a t-shirt and a high visibility jacket. Like a long sleeve jacket or like a short sleeve jacket? It was, it was a vest. I was was wearing a vest. vest. Yeah, it was a vest and I had a short sleeve shirt on that was not, it wasn't a form fitting shirt. It was a regular. Good old Hanes kind of baggy t-shirt. Yep. Yep. Was it a V-neck? Were you showing cleavage? Nope. 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 Good the old sleeves were down to my elbows. There, it was a long shirt. It was a, there was nothing about it that was suggestive. Wait, which wait, I thought. wait. Let's just de- eliminate any confusion. Did you have okay. holes in your jeans where it was up showing any private parts? No. No. I, well, so- I had a, there was a small hole in my knee, so maybe that was a suggestion. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ladies, there you have it. Do not have holes in your jeans, but specifically on your knee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm totally being sarcastic here. I just, wow. Yeah. The boss, this very, very amazing man. Yeah. Yeah. Told you that what you were wearing, there was something wrong with it. Yes. Which was really odd to me. And I kind of like, I I didn't really know what to think because I didn't think that people actually would say something like that, but they did. And just so, to be clear, this is a person that is in a managerial role, right? This is the owner of the company. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So that kind of sucked. And what, what did you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this and like my blood's starting to pump. Like, what what were you feeling? There's probably a, a transition that happened, probably an initial feeling, and then maybe what it evolved into. Yeah, the initial feeling was confusion. Let me just get that out there. I was super confused about why that was happening. And then as I as he left, because he would come and go from the shop that I was like the whole, it was basically my home base. So 
he would come and go from there. And after I told him that I said, and you know what? I didn't even say like anything weird. I was just like, Hey, I just want to bring this to your attention. I'm not trying to cause issues. I don't want you to necessarily do anything like fire him or whatever. I like, that's not what this is. I just want to let you know, this is what happened. I think that it has been handled and I talked to him and I told him this wasn't okay. But I just want to let you know, this is what's going on. I, it wasn't even a thing where I was like, he, he grabbed me and he tried to do all that. It wasn't that. So at, after when I was talking to Travis at night, it was kind of one of the things where you're discussing it and you're going back. Yeah. And then that was when I was kind of like, really? Are you, this is what's happening right now. This is really where we're going to go with this. That was when I started getting upset about it. Yeah. There was definitely a transition of emotions, but later on, because when I was at work, I kind of just tried to work, you know, right. What would you tell other women in those situations? Definitely. I feel like I've said it so many times already, but just stand your ground, (laughs) stand your ground and, and don't let people walk on you because don't let them minimize. Should they tell their boss? I would say yes, because I've always had this thing where I try to be upfront and very transparent with my boss and say, this is what's going on because I had some things happen at my current job with someone who used to work with me. And I told my boss, I said, not expecting anything. It's kind of this thing that I go through where I want them to know that I'm not trying to be crazy about this, but I just want you to be informed of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I may have handled it, but it could come back. And I want the next time that it happens, I want to be able to come to you and say, okay, this is what happened. I would say, yes, say something. Don't make a huge deal out of it. Don't go screaming and crying. And unless it was like really dramatic and really something that was just super unexpected, like not okay. If Mm -hmm. that was, then yes, go and and make a huge deal out of it. But if it was something where you think maybe you've handled it and it might not occur again, just let them know what's going on and share the situation. I I appreciate your willingness to kind of backpedal a little bit and go through that because there's a lot of women trying to navigate that society has us women conditioned to constantly question ourselves around it. Basically condition us to say, I don't want to be that girl. Well, we're not being that girl. Right. You need to stop being a pig. Yeah. And treat people like humans. Yes. Yes. And I want other women to know that if they do go through something like this, and this is something that happens even multiple times, that it's not something that should stop you from pursuing your dreams and your goals. Don't let this type of situation bring you down so much that you say, I'm just going to go do something else. If this is something that, like, if you have a career and you know this is what I want to be doing, don't stop just because you have speed bumps. 
So well said. So well said. Let's talk about the goodies, where you're at right now. Let's hear some of those shout outs. So what's possible, right? Yes. So the place that I'm at right now is amazing. I absolutely love it. I've been there for almost two years and it is a classic car restoration shop. We do everything with restoration. We do full, we'll basically bring the car in. We do a full examination of what we can see. And we tell the customer, this is what we're looking at. Of course, we don't know what it's going to be until we strip this thing and we get all the paint, filler, everything. Got to get down to bare metal to see how much rust is there and what's going on. It sounds like the type of, I mean, it sounds like the shows on Motor Trend. It, it is like that. Just, it, it takes a little bit longer than those shows, but. <laughs> yeah, they, there, there's definitely the, what do they call that? The time progression. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they cut out a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Totally get it. Yes, I know people think that they can come in and get their cars done that quick sometimes. So that's kind of a TV thing, but. Right, right. Inform them that this is something, it's definitely a process. The other hundred hours aren't shown. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so w- we will bring the car in, fully strip it down to bare metal. When we're doing a full restoration, this is our, this is what we do. Fully strip it down. We sandblast it. Um, then we put in well, a little primer so that the panels won't rust and we can work with it and weld on it and do what we need to without the whole thing getting surface rust and flash rusting and doing all that business. So uh, once we figure out what's underneath all of those layers of paint and body filler and all of whatever else is there, we can see what repairs may have been done in the 60 or 70 or 80 or however many years this car's been around. We can see all of the repairs that have been done by other shops and all of the rust and everything that we need to do. So we do a lot of custom metal work and we will fabricate panels and make them back to factory or we can do custom engine bays and it's there's so many <laughs> it's it's very hard for me to explain this because there's so many possibilities with what we can do in the metal shop. And then also we are trying very hard to make the metal so nice that when it goes to the body shop, they can, they're not putting a bunch of filler and putting a bunch of layers of, you know, epoxy and sealer and all that on there to build it. We just want them to be able to put a couple layers on there, sand it down, get it all nice and straight, and then send it to paint. Once it goes to paint and Connie makes it look amazing, we send it to the mechanical side and all of the engine and the suspension and everything gets done there. So in what part you do the, you'll do metal fabrication, right? From body to frame to whatever's needed. Correct. And if we do also do frame off restoration, so we'll pull the whole body off and put it on a a rotisserie. And we'll do our metal work and everything on a rotisserie. And then once everything's all good and the frame's all nice and fixed up and the rust is fixed on the frame and everything, then we'll put the body back on the frame and get it going from there. 
out of everything you've done, when I say I've done, minus the structural and the construction side of it, you worked for, you said, Mercedes a mm-hmm. shop, right? So high-end yeah. cars. Yes. And then classic restoration, like what you're talking about now. What's your favorite? That's a really tough question because I love both. Supercars are pretty cool. They are very, very cool and have a passion for adrenaline and speed and racing and fun things like that. But restoration on classic cars is a different thing because it's so the metal fab that we do and I've only been doing this type of metal shaping and metal fab for two years. And my boss is, he's, he's my mentor. He's showing me everything and he's, he's great. He's, he's great at what he does and he's learning every day and what he learns, he shares with me. And who's your boss? Sean Kitty. All right. He's got it. Want to make sure he gets kudos out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's a great guy and he really, gives people chances and gives them the opportunity to really learn, puts a foundation there so that you can build off of that foundation, which is what he's doing with me. And that's something that I really appreciate. But classic cars is a completely different thing from new vehicles because all the Mercedes we were working with, we would get the brand new car that was coming out whenever it was coming out we would get it into the shop and then we would do all of our R&D on the exhaust and we would build everything and it's just so different with doing metal shaping and and working with metal and shaping it and stretching it and shrinking it and putting in the power hammer and through the English wheel and just I don't it's it's really hard to explain but it's such a crazy So would you say they're equal or do you like one more than the other? I like them for different reasons. So equal. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) 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 That's really, it's a really hard question for me to answer just because I love them both so much. But I want to say that I like the classic restoration more because of how much more fun it is to do the metal shaping. The diversity around it. Yes. Got it. Now, you had mentioned briefly just a moment ago around adrenaline and racing. You do some racing, right? Yes. Um, my boyfriend and I, we do rallycross right now um, with SCCA. It's Which kind sounds of freaking fun. It's so fun. It's super fun. It's drifting on dirt, and I love it. Um, which is not the point. I'm definitely not winning, but I have a lot of fun racing the <laughs> Monica, if you're listening to this, Monica's my partner, just take note. We're going to go down yes. and visit Madison and we're going to go on a racetrack. She said she'd never get in the car with me when we do that. <laughs> she well, said she has video. video. <laughs> That's fine. That's important too. It we is. need that. <laughs> She's like, I'll do the video. She's like, I'll drive it myself, but I'm not riding with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. It's a trust exercise. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And I ride with Travis when he drives and he has no mercy, like foot to the floor the whole time winning everything. And I'm over there just having fun, which he's having fun too, but he wins and has fun. So (laughs) he does both. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We, We definitely have to do that sometime, my friend. 
Oh, we will. For sure. Amazing. It's so fun. What do you see yourself doing in the future? Um, it's definitely staying at the shop for a while. I will be working at Kitty's Classics for, <laughs> I don't see an end to it right now. So that's, I just want to be better. I'm working on being better at, at what I do every day and learning every day. And the minute that you stop learning, you need to go do something else because like you never stop learning. If you, yep. if you, if you think that you're done, then you've reached a, a point to where you need to go do something else because yep. Stretch never, yourself. Yeah. You can never finish learning anything. There's always more. Madison, I think we are ready for the red line round. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? I have a few people that I really look up to in the industry. And one of those people is my best friend, Connie. She's also my coworker and my boss, but she pushes me and motivates me. And when I have issues, I can go to her off the record, out of work and talk to her about what's going on. And she's someone who's always there, even though she's not necessarily in my trade in the met in the metal part of it. She's still someone that I can go to and express my, you know, the issues that I'm having and she helps me. I really look up to her because she's worked so hard for what she's done in her life and I'm proud of her. I don't know, I just love her. <laughs> well put I like I said I had an opportunity to meet her as well and just learn a little bit about her story and we're going to connect and listeners. Connie was accepted the invitation from me to get interviewed on Femcanic Garage as well. So you get to hear Connie's story in the near future. And the little bit that I know, and I know you know a lot more, mm-hmm. I'm blown away by it. Yeah. I'm blown it's away. Amazing. It is. It's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. All right. Number two, where do you go? Or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or get stuck on a job? A lot of the time I will go to my boss, Sean, because he has encountered a lot of things in his 16 or 17 years of this industry that he's been in. And he helps me quite a bit. If it's not me going to him, he has provided me with quite a lot of videos to watch and books to read. So I'm constantly referring to those videos and those books to think about if I get to a point on a piece that I'm making and I'm not quite sure what I need to do next, I kind of think back to the videos that I've watched or I'll pull them up on my phone and watch like a a short little part of the video and kind of figure out, okay, this is what I need to do. So usually I'm going to him. If not, I'm, going to the videos or maybe the internet to try to figure it out. But sometimes that's questionable. So that's one part of it. Are these links to like YouTube videos or? Sometimes. Yeah, they are. And sometimes I'll bring them to Sean and say, is this something that is acceptable to do? Because the the quality of the work that we do at Kitties is 
we try to take it to a level where we're really doing everything the best that we can. We don't cut corners and we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to be someone where when people bring their cars to us, they know that they're getting really good, decent, honest work. So if I see a video that might be questionable, I just come to him and I say, is this something that we can do or should I not do this? And then a lot of time he'll say yes or no. And then kind of show me his way. Uh Uh-huh. Well, if you're open to sharing some of those resources that I can include in the show notes so other women could yeah. take a peek at them, that'd be awesome. Definitely. I'll, I'll definitely share those. All right. What excites you most about what you do? Oh, everything. I absolutely love what I do. I don't even consider it a job. I don't even think if I won the lottery, I would, I would stop going in to work. I would probably still go there. <laughs> that's awesome. I uh, just, that's a great answer, man. It's so incredible and it's so cool and fun. And there's just, yeah, some days suck. That's normal. But a lot of the days are just so fun and so challenging and it's different every day and it's just something that I really love doing everything about it. I, I love to answer your question. Really. I love the metal shaping part. I'm not great at it yet, but I'm, I'm growing and I'm learning more. And it's something that is crazy to me that you can make so many shapes with these basic tools. It's very, very cool. Number four, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in this industry when you feel stuck, unsupported, or discouraged? Being honest is something that I've always tried to implement in my daily life. I like to be transparent with the way that I'm thinking. And if I don't understand something, I say I don't understand something. And if I have questions, I ask them. And I'm not ashamed I ask a lot of questions and I probably annoy people with them, but I ask questions because I want to know because if I find out now, then I don't have to ask the question later. So I think asking questions and, and being honest about understanding or not understanding and trying to just, just trying to be better, constantly pushing myself and doing what I can to learn. And finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades in motorsports industry? Don't give up. Push through whatever you have to push through to get to somewhere that you absolutely love being. Don't settle. Don't don't find a job that is okay that you're good at that you go to work every day but you'd rather be at home. I spend more time at work during the week than I do at home. A lot of nights I come home at seven or eight o'clock at night and I go in at six. I leave my house at six 30 in the morning. So I'm there the majority of the day. But if you are somewhere where you feel stuck, just network, make connections, talk to people, do what you can to find your way out of the rut and then get to where you want to be. Because there's always, if you want it bad enough, you can get there. It might take some work, but you can get there. 
Madison, where and how can people connect with you? They can connect with me on Instagram at MaddieSeph, M-A-D-D-I-E-C-E-P-H. And I'm also on Facebook. So just on there is Madison Irvin if they want to ever connect with me or talk with me or any questions or anything like that. I don't have Twitter or anything like that, but I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Madison, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat. My name is Madison Irvin, and I am a femcanic. Be sure to tune in to episode 15. Christina Lamb will be in the driver's seat. She was featured on the front cover of Grassroots Motorsports Magazine and selected as one of 12 women by Bell Helmets to be a mentor in the Women in Motorsports Mentorship Program. She is a Skip Barber Racing Instructor, Time Trial Director, and race car driver of the number 12 E46 BMW M3 in the SCCA T1 and NASA ST2 road racing. You won't want to miss this interview. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?